1: Hello and welcome back to the Leeds, Leeds Leeds podcast. My name's Joe Mewis. I'm your host. I'm the Leeds United editor here at Leeds Live and I'm joined by my colleague Baron Cross.
2: Baron, how's tricks? Uh they're alright, Joe. It's uh it's 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 been a busy time but not a busy time. It's sort of there's a lot of chasing and a lot of waiting around and hoping things are gonna happen and not much has actually really happened in the past. Since, since Paul Heckenbottom got sacked, very little mm. has actually happened publicly.
1: That's right, yeah. I mean, um, we're, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. Um, so it's been just over a week since Heckenbottom left. Um, he, he was let go on the first, which was last Friday, sort of um, lunchtime then. The club said they wanted a quick appointment, didn't they? Um, but that's, uh, yeah, yeah, weeks that's gone so, by. That's a good point, Joe. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's easy to forget what was actually in that statement. And like you say, Angus Kinera says that, that they did... They did it when they did it because they wanted a quick appointment, so um, from what we've heard since it sounds like the club saved a a fair bit of money on on waiting until June the 1st, there was a lot of speculation for several weeks wasn't there? Mm. Uh, And then it eventually came by by coincidence on the very first day of of the month of June. Yeah, coincidence, um, I think that's what they call it. There are other reports now that that would suggest that the club have saved the best part of half a million pounds by Mm. waiting until June the 1st because of various contract clauses, so that's the reason why they waited. It wasn't necessarily because they had somebody waiting to come in. Um, so they wanted a quick appointment, but uh, but it hasn't come. And um, if we're to believe it's Marcelo Bielsa, it was never going to be a quick thing. Bielsa, if we're yeah. honest, doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the job. He's very much going to have to be convinced that, yeah, it, that it's, it's going to fit into the way he wants to play football. He, he's, he's very much a football purist, isn't he?
1: That's it. Yeah, I think um, it's any deal for him would be extremely well. It's extremely ambitious. It's extremely. It complicated, it's, it's going to be on his terms, you know, he's very much so. He's the one sort of holding all the cards here, oh, I think, and yeah, um, uh, I, I mean, just to keep you updated, the, we believe talks have been ongoing this week, um, Bielsa himself's been teaching and talking at a couple of conferences, uh, I think he was in Mexico earlier this week, I think he's slated to talk in Uruguay as well, so he's obviously got a bit going on there, and, um, you know, Leeds are just having really to sort of um, play along to his tune at the moment,
2: really. Yeah, it's, um, f- from what we've we've read and understood, that, that Angus Kinnear, the uh, the managing director, uh, excuse me, nearly sneezed there, um, Angus Kinnear has been out to South America X number of times to yeah. talk to, to, to Marcelo Bielsa and his people. He clocks up his miles, doesn't he, old Angus? He certainly does, <laughs> yeah. He, um, he, I can't imagine much of his family, He must see. Um, but yeah, so, so from what we understand, as you, as you said, Bielsa is holding all the cards, Um we understand his salary at Lille which was his last job which was, think, yeah. was was seven to eight months in 2017 I mean we're, we're looking at seven, eight, nine million pounds a year so it's yeah. not going to be a cheap deal it's going 100, to be expensive it's about 150 grand a week I think about there isn't it Scale, so, isn't it's, it? Yeah. so um, it's not going to be cheap and it's not going to be easy and you're going to have to convince him why it's worth his while to come because clearly money is not going to be a particularly motivating factor he knows his worth but yeah. it's not going to rest on the money if you like you know he, this isn't a man that is short of offers. You know, when, when a man of this stature is out of the game, yeah, you can imagine the amount of offers he must get week in week out with money being thrown at him. That's it, and I think
1: um, there's been a few suggestions in the Portuguese press um, linking with Sporting Lisbon. Um, Saudi Arabia is another one. And Saudi Arabia. So I think he's going to have his suitors there. But so
2: I think I think the way they're going to motivate him is is, is to convince him that he's going to get the players that he wants. Yeah. Um, because as we well know, he walked out on Lazio after for two days Just because two days, he didn't yeah. quite see enough progress on the players that he wanted. So he's he's not a very patient man. He expects um, he expects results quickly. Um, I, I suppose that's off the pitch and on it. You know, with with the players and the way they the way they play the game. So um, I think we we have to wait a little bit longer. But at some point, you know, Angus, Andrea, Victor—they're not stupid people. At some point, they'll realise that enough is enough, and they will just simply have to move on to because move on time them. is ticking. That's it. Yeah, I mean, um, the players are due back in uh, less
1: than three weeks. Less than three weeks. So, yeah, closing in on two weeks. Closing in on two weeks. So someone really needs to you know get their feet under the table sooner the thought Um, I mean if it comes down to it and and they're not going to be going um, with Bielsa if if they can't sort of meet common ground there uh, the latest name to really sort of come out reports um, there's something in the Telegraph today is Steve Bruce Aston Villa obviously he's just fresh off the back of losing in the playoff final to Fulham Mm. um, and we're beginning to realize now what situation Aston Villa is yeah and they look like they're gonna go into well complete financial meltdown by all accounts um, Administration has been mentioned plenty. Um, talks of uh, the funding by um, by the Chem has been stopped there. So they've got tax bills coming. Uh, they've got, uh, I think, I read it, a seventy million pound shortfall in, in budget this season. Mm. So obviously, I think Bruce is going to be gettable in in the sense that uh, his contracted at Villa's are rolling contract. So yes, there's not it is, going to be yeah. you know massive compensation. No. It, it'd be cheaper than Bielsa certainly. He certainly would be. Yeah. Um, and you know he's got more promotions to the Premier League on his CV than Massive, any other manager yeah, um, so you, you can see he fits that experience box which they want to do there's the slightly uncomfortable Manchester United links there's definitely be a certain section of the fan base yes there would be um, if I, we were reminded last night at Ellen Road um, for the England <laughs> yeah. friendly that uh, Leeds players still uh, Leeds fans sorry still <laughs> care about the old, uh, their old rivals from across the Pennines um, well, what's your take on Steve Bruce Is it, would he be a good sort of backup there
2: yeah I think so um, I, I think I did a piece on Bielsa earlier this week on the pros and cons of hiring Bielsa. Um, Good reasons to get him and bad reasons. And and for him in the cons column, you'd have to say his experience, but he's a complete novice when it comes to the championship. And um, Mm. our illustrious um, former manager, Steve Evans, was on Sky Mm -hmm. Sports uh, over the weekend when the Bielsa news um, was coming out. And and he made the point that um, Marcelo Bielsa may well be Um, a heralded manager but does he know what it takes to get three points uh, on a cold and wet night (laughs) at Rotherham on a a Tuesday evening so I mean and I think that that is a perfectly pertinent point you know we've had had lots of um, illustrious managers with great CVs come to the championship and it simply hasn't worked you know you do need to be a certain kind of manager with a certain profile of player to get out of this division and um, mm. Steve Bruce and Neil Warnock are two managers which immediately spring out as people who know how to get results in this division Steve Bruce has got a fantastic record all the way going back to with, with Birmingham City you know, through his entire managerial career he knows what it takes to get out of this division I'm not going to say he knows how to do it without spending money but if Andrea Adrazani is, is more inclined to spend money this summer it would appear he, he is happy to do so if he's chasing the likes of Bielsa and Abel Fernandez, clearly he is minded to spend a bit more money this summer so if he's able to go out there and back Steve Bruce and get the players that Steve Bruce wants you know that Aston Villa are looking for offers for some of their players and I know Absolutely. League United fans would certainly take one or two of their assets indeed then then yes then yes Joe I think um I think Steve Bruce would be a very very shrewd appointment um I certainly would have no problem with that yeah
1: and um the, the other name still doing the rounds um is Claudio Ranieri I think if um He's, he's the other foreign coach, I think, that the club is still mm. looking at, um, if, you, if you believe what you read, um, knocking around. So, I mean, again, he, he's been discussed, you know, he obviously knows English football very well, perhaps not the Championship. No. But, um, I, you know, I think, um, I think with this, Leeds have to really make something happen in the next few days, don't they? They've got to, uh, they can't be going another week without appointing think- anyone here.
2: So what we're talking on, on, on Friday, June eighth, is mm-hmm. it? So I mean, if we're if we're sat here by June fifteenth and there hasn't been an appointment, then I think alarm bells should be ringing. Yeah, that's absolutely.
1: Because it, it. one thing it's doing is um, stopping the club in tracks of the rest of their plans. Um, yeah. If I, I think we want to move on to, to transfers now, um, obviously Abel Hernandez, um, you mentioned him a second ago. He's mm. he remained, uh, you know, one of the club's top targets. Um, you wrote a really good piece on him earlier this week, yeah.
2: um, sort of outlining the current situation there. So if you just want to run through that with us. Absolutely, yeah. So on Monday we ran a piece. Um, it was a new development that we'd had um, in the Hernandez story. So I think we were well aware that he was of interest to Leeds. We were aware that a very good offer had been put forward. But the last we'd heard, Aston Villa were, were leading the chase before the playoff final. Where we knew that Wolverhampton Wanderers, obviously already promoted to the Premier League. They had had meetings with Hernandez's people. Um, the signing of Benneke Fobi seems, seems a bit confused. I think the initial reaction was that if they've, because they've signed Fobi would mean mm. they're not interested in Hernandez, but it's since come to light that there may well have been some kind of clause in Fobi's loan deal with Wolves from Bournemouth that if mm. you played a certain number of games or there was maybe they got promoted, that Wolves would then be obliged to go and buy yeah, in for, not... for around £12 million. Pounds. So we've, we've actually since now seen rumours of Stoke City going in for a Fobi. So... So the the phobia factor may not may not stop wolves, but but, but by all accounts the wolves' interest has gone cold. I think uh, from what I'd heard the meeting was several weeks ago, and they may well not follow that up. So, mm. so yeah. So Villa were were considered the, leading the chase, ironically with Steve Bruce, um, yeah. a, a big factor in that, Because obviously Steve Bruce was the manager at Hull City when he brought Abel Hananis from Palermo in Italy. Um, Aston Villa as we've now found out By not getting promoted are thoroughly up the creek Mm -hmm. um, Financially Uh, Steve Bruce alluded to that immediately after the match at Wembley So I think he knows the writing is on the wall there So you've got to certainly discount Aston Villa Uh, And that then leaves Leeds United among A flurry of of European clubs who who would be looking at him And would be stupid not to uh, A player of his calibre on a free transfer But um, by all accounts the development this week Was that Leeds are leading the chase I've been told that, that Leeds are are actually very very close to um, so it's coming to terms with with Abel Hernandez there are two one or two minor details which are holding things up mm-hmm. there's a bit of toing and froing. the interesting factor is that Mino Ayola, um these super agents yeah. uh, as he's been known um, across the world's media the, the man who looks after Paul Pogba Romelu Lukaku uh, Zlatan Ibrahimović um, he's a very very well connected man Indeed, An Italian yeah. agents a man that, um, that Andrea Radrazzani name-checked in March in an interview with Jim White with TalkSport, so he actually said that when he was talking about Wolves, that he yeah. said, you know, I've got contacts like Camino Raiola, who I can lean on uh, for transfers, uses leverage was the word that Radrazzani used. So, uh, from what I understand, Andrea and Raiola are actually discussing this Hernandez deal personally. Raiola doesn't himself look after Hernandez, but he knows the people that does. I think he's, he's acting as a, a de facto agent in this deal, so... So their, their negotiations are continuing. It's not going to be easy. But despite the fact they're friends, Rayola is going to drive a hard bargain, as we well know. Of course, of course. Based on his Premier League dealings. So uh, that one is, is moving along, um, slowly but surely. But um, th- there's nothing really new to, 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 to point out at the moment. I think it would be sensible to assume that nothing is, is going to be announced, at least, on, yeah. uh, until, until the head coach is announced. Yeah, that's it.
1: It's, um, I mean, as you said, it's been, it's been a strange week, really. Plenty going on, but very little of actual news to report I think
2: it probably sums up the football world really we're, in that, we're yeah. in that dead zone aren't we between the end of the season and the start of the World Cup and, and players coming back for pre-season with their clubs and that everybody's sort of away everybody's sort of jockeying for position mm. trying to work out what they can get and where financially and, and very little's being signed and decided so uh, I would think that you know, the head coach has got to be the priority but, but from what I understand Hernandez is very very close and much closer than I thought it would be I really didn't give Leeds a hope in hell Yes, it's uh, it's very promising that mm.
1: um, one bit of news which which did happen actually confirmed news was um, earlier this week Tom Pierce uh, mm. finally put pen to paper. Um, we were led to believe that it was the uh, signing of a new contract was imminent, yes. um, and then he, he has he's agreed to a new four year deal. Yeah. He's, he signed that on uh, Thursday, I think it was. Um, so yeah, he was of course his contract was due to expire this summer, so. Leeds, uh, they wouldn't have lost him for free. It would have been a compensation payment um, if he'd chosen to go to another club. Um, but what's really promising is that that now protects him from you know, these people they are interested. There's still rumours out there that Bournemouth and Everton, um, maybe a couple of others, are still looking at him and monitoring the situation. Yeah. Um, but what this does mean is that Leeds, if they were to lose him now, would be
2: financially um, given... Well, yeah. I mean, you'd have thought to a young left back who's now got caps for England and 21s mm-hmm. in the current market um you would think they could drive you know a price up to, to yeah. several, several million pounds now that he's under he's under contract for the next four years um we we were told by the club you know, to be confident that, that Tom was going to sign the contract we were actually told it was going to be when he got back from Toulon but um, obviously England are, are into the final of that competition right. he's still in France so I'm assuming the deal was, was was signed and sealed several weeks ago uh, but they've just decided to announce it before the end of Toulon so it's very very good news um, I think if you take it on face value Tom clearly sees his future at the club he thinks that he's got so, a very yeah. good chance of of playing more for, for the first team here he realises he, he made a breakthrough last season the left-back slot's wide open. I mean, Berardi, I don't think, pulled up many trees, especially in the last few months of the season. Well, he, has his, he missed 10 games through suspension this season, so he can't really so, be called upon as reliable. I think Pierce maybe showed enough to suggest that he's, he's got a chance of you know, adding to his appearances, his starts. I mean, you could see him playing 15, 20, 30 games next season under the right head coach. I mean, it's an interesting example of uh, the sort of quandary that the players in the club would be in if Bielsa came in. Because you've Mm. got to think, you know, what does he want from players in these bizarre positions on the pitch that he likes to Mm. play? You know, we talk about a a 3-1-3-3, a Um, 3-3-1-3. It's a very, very fluid system that he plays. But there's all kinds of these questions as to... Because your gut instinct is that when Bielsa looks at players, he thinks about their... The players are on the world stage, you know, they're the best of the best, the players that, that can suit his system. You don't think about him looking at the likes of Calvin Phillips or Tom Pearce and thinking, mm. yeah, those guys can play my system. So uh, I think I think we will find out much more about what Tom Pearce's chances are when, when the head coach is appointed. I think if Steve Bruce went in, Pearce would have a very good chance. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah,
1: and I don't think he deserves it. He, he certainly showed a lot. He only played five times this season. He did, yeah,
2: it seemed like more, didn't he, it It did
1: seem like more. I mean, yeah. we, we saw, saw quite a lot of him in the under 23s last year. Yeah. Uh, and he was, he was really pulling up trees there, so he, he certainly earned his shot. Um, but it's good news that he signed up. That's uh, you know him and Hernandez are the only two senior players whose contracts were, ex- were yeah. expiring, uh, and the club have resolved both those um, you know fa- fairly early in the summer. So, so that's good news. Um, another sort of uh, positive thing to look at is um, last night's England friendly, Ellen yes, Rose. Yeah. Um, so we went down to uh, to, to watch England. Uh, it's their final World Cup warm up. Um, it, was, it ended up being a 2-0 win over Costa Rica. Um, first time that England had played at Ellen Road since 2002. Um, they played there twice before, one in 1995 against Sweden, which was a draw. And then they um, they lost to Italy last time out. There's a few Leeds players playing then. Um, but it was uh, I think it was a really enjoyable night by everyone, um, by all accounts. Um, Ellen Road was a sellout. Just over 36,000 people there. Um, a cracking atmosphere. The... Um, you know, the, all the all the the anthem was brilliant. The uh, the fans were loud; they were cheering everything. Um, plenty of songs, plenty of <laughs> we all hate Leeds scum songs, which was quite entertaining. Watching uh, watching the world react to those on social media, yeah. trying to work out why they were singing it, which was quite good fun. Uh, but I think it goes down as a really sort of
2: big success, doesn't it, Baron? Yeah, another great success. I wasn't at the Warrington Selby fight, but I understand that was a huge success at Elland Road as a, that well. That was brilliant. Another yeah. not well, a non-football event in that mm-hmm. case, but um, but last night was fantastic. Yeah, Leeds was. Was bathed in sunlight. We were we were very warm on the bus on the way to Ellen Road, weren't we, Joe? Um, But when we got there, it was fantastic. You know, the stadium, like I say, bathed in sunshine. Free flags for everybody. There was a a plastic flag on on every seat in the stadium, and it it really made for a phenomenal atmosphere. When, Mm. when the uh, the pre match entertainment was really building up towards kick off, they picked some fantastic music. I particularly enjoyed. (laughs) Uh, world in Motion, which was which was oh, played pre-match. Got World in um, yeah. <laughs> and there, there was
3: um,
2: there was sort of random breaks of um, footballs coming home from the crowds. You know, yeah. sort of uh, bursts of song bursts from the stands, and but yeah, I, I was. I mean, Euro '96 is the first sort of footballing event I can remember as a child. I wasn't quite old enough to appreciate uh, the fever pitch that, yeah. the, that the country reached, but I can imagine last night was a, a really good example of. of The country coming together in the summer for a footballing carnival, if you like. And it really, really felt like last night. And I I think, you know, there was a lot of comparisons with Wembley. I've not watched England at Wembley before, but I'm led to believe it's a bit of a soulless place. It feels a bit lost because it is almost too big. Yeah. So uh, I think last night was, was, was. was a nice return to that sort of compact setting where the atmosphere really built into like a cauldron of noise and i think because it was a different stadium and the fans felt like it was a bit more special they know they're not going to get the chance to see, to see england away from wembley very often and i think they really bought into that last night and there was only I mean, twitter was just full of praise last night it was very for bizarre. the events I, it and, it was and, very and for, the, for seeing, the
1: stadium seeing Leeds united praise so much it was uh, it was slightly unnerving but um you're completely right about watching England at Wembley is is, is very soulless. Mm-hmm. Half the people there are on you know corporate jollies. Yes, they um they don't come back to their seats till ten minutes after half time's yeah. finished. Um, everyone's moaning about getting on the tube afterwards. Course, yeah. um, and as we know, England friendlies have a reputation of being a bit dull. Um, certainly, there was times during this game where not a lot was happening. Yeah. You know, England were, were certainly comfortable for their win. You know, and mm-hmm. they're passing it around. Um, so, you know, maybe not the most exciting game ever, but but the atmosphere really sort of brought it up, I think. And um, I think especially if England are going to be going on these tours now, if, they, if, they, if the FA end up selling Wembley, um, I think Ellen Road will, will have to get booked in for, for another day. You know, it's, it's, they're not going to wait 16 years again, I don't no, think, are they're they? Not. they're definitely not. Yeah. And um, also, one of the good things I think that Leeds fans uh, appreciated was seeing Fabian Delph on there. Yeah. So, um, obviously, he was um, a staple for a season back in the League One days before he was uh, sold to Aston Villa.
2: Um, played brilliantly last night as well he played brilliant it it wasn't just that he played he actually played well apart from Rashford who got that wonder goal uh, Delph and and Danny Rose in fact another Mm. one who who came through the lead system they were real standout performers down that left flank really linked up well and, and Fabian seemed to really enjoy himself you know he spoke on the pitch afterwards. Um, went on the big screen with the with the, with the microphone and um, said all the right things. Um, leads, leads, leads. It he did. Uh, yeah, I can must... only
1: assume that was a plug for the podcast. So yeah. thanks. Absolutely thanks right. Him. We slipped him fifty pounds <laughs> for that.
2: But um, yeah, he, he, he spoke to the media after which after after the match as well, and was it was very forthcoming. We uh, we got some fantastic quotes from him, and I think we've got a we've got a clip from the interview, haven't we? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll listen to uh, to what he had to say last night here now. Fantastic.
3: How do you look back on your days here now, Fabian? Yeah, I look back on them fondly. Uh, I only only played a season here. Uh, That was one of my regrets. I wish I'd have played a lot longer here, but the circumstances at the time is the club needed to to get some money and uh, the plan was for me to go and then they buy back the training ground. Uh, I don't think that happened, but that's what was in my mind and that's what the case was at the time. But. Yeah, my, my time here was fantastic, I came here at 10, 11 years old and the club the club, uh, club gave me the opportunity to, to play and if it won't for Leeds United I won't be where I am today. Do you still follow their results? Yeah, I still shoes? follow the results uh, and I still keep in touch with uh, people that I grew up with in Leeds. Uh, Lucy Ward was fantastic for me, uh, she helped shape uh, my future. And, there was a lot of people. Uh, I'd be here all night if I was uh, <laughs> I had to give them all the mention. But I owe a lot to Leeds United, and I'll always be grateful and thankful. Hopefully, get back here one day. Would there
0: be a little lead salute if you were you in running for England? Hundred
3: percent. I was doing it at the end of the end of the game. I, I must have done it about I must have done it about 20 times. So, yeah, I miss doing the lead salute, and uh, hopefully one day I can be doing it again. Never, yeah. say never, we'll never say, say never. No. Have a great tournament. Good luck with the baby. I'll thank
2: you I'll very good much. There, good
1: luck, good, good to see you. Thanks And thank 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 uh, next on the Leeds These Leeds podcast, we're joined by Matt Millington, who's the publisher here at Leeds Life. Matt, pod debut. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, good to be to be on here speaking about the mighty Leeds who I've supported all my life. Yeah, good stuff. The reason we've got you on today is we're going to talk about Mark Viduka. Um, we've just kicked off a, a series on the website called Leeds United Centurions where we're taking turns to look at some of the best players to pull on a, a Leeds United shirt uh Matt
0: you're a big Mark Viduka fan share a few of your memories with him yeah i think you're talking about the last 100 years for me this is this is i think he he is the first memory that i've got of Leeds and you know a time when all i knew was Leeds being one of the best clubs at this at my age I was around 10 11 at the time I think when I actually first you know got really got um, involved with Leeds United and supporting them and and, um, I think he was just he was the man and he was the he was the lead in my eyes he was the leader of that team he was the goal scorer everybody wanted to be him on the football pitch at school uh, in that strongbow kit that blue strongbow kit um, and the yellow one you know that that everybody knows so well um, from that era so it's just yeah for me he's He's more than just a player that played for Leeds once and you know and scored a few goals.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why we've chosen to to lead off this series with him. Um, he's certainly a player within within sort of recent living memory. Um, John Howe, um, Leeds Live contributor, he's written the piece which you should check out on Leeds
0: Live. Um, what's your favourite memory of him, Matt? Yeah, I think it's got to be the Arsenal game. I just remember. I mean, did I really understand the magnitude of Leeds hmm. beating Arsenal at Highbury? 3-2 and what that would mean how much that would hurt arsenal fans when i'm that age <laughs> i don't know if i did but just seeing seeing that celebration i can still remember you know exactly exactly where i was now, what I was now doing. you're, you're older
2: and you've got a better context of, of what results like that mean
0: you you kind of look back on it
2: even fonder don't you because you think you know going uh, away from home to one of your major rivals and doing them on their own patch i mean that is a really big deal and it, and it makes you realize how big a deal Viduka was at the time and how important he was to
0: leeds I think for me, the difficulty about coming in at that time was I didn't get much. I didn't get much of leads in the Premier League to, to, to enjoy. Yeah. I think it was, you know, I mean, what, what was it? The next two, one or two seasons later, and they're and the down in the dumps mm. and they're and the getting relegated, and, and that was it. And then suddenly, the rest of my supporting Leeds United life has been Championship down to League One. I, you know, I had a season ticket in League One, so to think of. To think Compare him to, yeah. to the, players, the players you've seen, yeah, yeah you know, gosh, it's almost like a godly like, isn't
2: it? There's no comparison, is there, to the players that you've seen over the last ten years? I mean, he's, he's another level.
0: Yeah, and I think of I think of Ivan <coughs> Nisalroy's, Omri's Shearer's. Mm. When I think of Vaduka at that time, that that's. That's the sort of the level of, of um, player that I where, where I'd see him.
1: Yeah, it was that sort of golden age of Premier League strikers, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Um, I mean, you just look at the Leeds squad at the time. They had, they had Viduka, they had Alan Smith, they had Robbie Keane, they had Robbie Fowler.
2: Yeah, uh, phenomenal.
1: But, but, you know, such an amazing front forward line. But I think Viduka was, was probably the one looking back now that Leeds perhaps should have sort of
2: treasured the most, I think. Yeah. I think I think for me looking from from the outside looking in you know I I was I was very much a football fan you know I I, I consumed as much football as I could off the telly you know if it was football focus or match of the day but I was very much a football fan and and for what I could see of Leeds from the outside looking in because Viduka was that number 9 it's that it's that it's that um it's that, that number isn't it that really epitomises yeah. a, a great striker, and I think he, he was the talisman. He was the, he was. The, you knew he was the big threat if your team was going up against Leeds. Viduca was the man you'd have to watch, mm. and, and and like like Matt says, you know, I'm very very fond of, of the memories of that strongbow kit, that that era that That's Leeds it, yeah. had, and and he's the face you think of. You know, you think of you know, just a big strapping figure, wasn't he up front with that number nine on his back, and, and if to. He had he had his down moments as, as as John's alluded to in his piece towards the end, but um, when you look at his high points, I mean, on his day, he was
0: nearly unplayable. Wasn't I don't he? I don't even remember the down points. I think when you were when you were a, a kid growing up in Leeds, I don't know. It, at that time when they're in the premier league I just, you just don't even you just think I didn't a good even good with it yeah, yeah, yeah i just yeah, remember the, the good goals and i, I just remember I, I thought he was the man to me in my eyes from the first day that he arrived of course you look you know you look at John he discusses a lot around how how long it took um, for viduka to win over the fans but my, he he did though and I, and i think ever ever since whenever we've got a new number 9 striker come in the most recent Soga you're just looking for him to be the next Martin viduka you're praying that he's going to be he, Are they ever going to be? You know, I don't think so. That's, that's, the, that's the big question that every Leeds fans ask themselves the past 15 years, isn't it? I mean,
2: it is. You're, you're just waiting to get back to where you were, and every player that comes in, you think, is this going to be the one that, that really makes this year our year? And so often you're left disappointed. I mean, there's a great turn of phrase in John's piece about um, Viduca being a, a Harrod's version of, of Pierre Michel de Saga, <laughs> which is a fantastic way of summing it up, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I think any, anyone who wears a number nine shirt is, is a burly striker. They're, they're, they're going to get that mm. now at Leeds. Um, mm. I mean looking back I think as we were saying earlier if you, you ask the fans about Mark Varduka, I don't know if it's the fact that enough time has passed or whatever but they, they've they they've forgotten the bad points you know mm. he got sent off against Bolton in that last game um, at the uh, at the Reebok Stadium as it was then the one that effectively sealed Leeds' relegation yeah. but I think if you go up to your average Leeds fan in, in the street um, you know what's the first thing you think of Mark Vaduka uh, for me, it's, it's that Liverpool game when he, yeah. scored, when he scored all four goals. Um, Phenomenal!
2: If you think about that now. I know scoring four goals against four, four goals rival.
1: against a top four rival, but the Massive. manner of the goals as well—they they all had a bit of something about them. There yeah. was there was the little dink, there was the <clears> shots from distance. It was such you know a sort of complete performance. You know, and he he kept dragging his teammates up, and I—you you struggle to think of many comparable performances. I think in a, in a Leeds shirt, um, so certainly that's that's one of my favourite memories. Um, the other one I wouldn't give a shout out to is that back heel against um, Lazio, where he back heels it to Alan
0: Smith in the Champions League. Uh, again, just I sublime. Even, <laughs> I can't even think of Leeds in the Champions League. <laughs> my, my sister, I remember my sister went to Real Madrid, and I'm just thinking, oh yeah, you know, the Leeds, Leeds are playing at the Burnabout I think he what scored it. He scored then, that
1: day too. There you are, and you yeah. just think
0: you can't even imagine us being anywhere near that that level anymore. And you, you mentioned about the Bolton game. I actually, I've actually forgotten about him getting sent off, but you've just reminded me of it. And just to see those those big names sort of unravel in that way when you need them to. To you know, to play at their best at that that, that desperate mm. final mm. moment, and then to see Smith at the end so emotional, and all those fans yeah. as well. Eddie Gray banging the tunnel, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It, it just brings that that just brings it all back. But I my memories of viduca sort of go. I, I think I, I must have just chosen to forgot to forget <laughs> that in my
2: it's, head. It's clear for you, Matt, because viduca was, was one of your first, earliest, you know, fondest players as a kid. It's clear Viduka was up there for you as as the best players of your lifetime, but. Joe, you you've, you can look, you can think back a little bit further. No disrespect, you're a bit older Doesn't than that. That's it, yeah. But where, where does where does Viduka fit for you in that hierarchy of of the, of the legionite strikers? I think it's pretty high. It's it's funny when when you look back
1: at, say, the, the first team, first iteration of your team that you fall yeah. in love with. Yeah, so for yeah. that, um, it's it's that Leeds team. Yeah. You know, sort of like the Champions League post Champions League era. Yeah. Still with all the, all the big guns playing for them. For me, um, I can remember Harold Wilkinson's title winners. Yeah. Showing my age a bit here. Um and again, you know, I love Lee Chapman growing course, up because he was yeah. the number nine. He was the yeah. goal scorer. Again, uh, you know, big sort of big, tall, strong front man there. Yeah. Um, so he was up there. I mean, uh, but Mark Viduka, you know, he was a better player than Lee Chapman. I'm sure Lee Chapman would, would admit that. Yes, you know, yeah, it, yeah. you know his, his ability on the ball. You know, his, his you know the way his footballing brain and all that. I think that was certainly better. Um, so you know Viduka's up there, really. He's, up there, isn't He's he? certainly up there in terms well, of. F- f- for strikers. me, from the
2: outside looking in, again, I mean, Matt and I aren't too, too dissimilar in age, but again, I can think back to you, sort of late '90s, turn of the century was when I was a kid as well. And you sort of you, you look at these players, they you know, like gods. You know, they're not yeah. they're not people. They're, they're these amazing footballers on the telly. Mm-hmm. And um, the other one I think of is Hasselbank as yeah. being that number nine who led the team, the Packard Bell team, as we'll, we'll that call it yeah. <laughs> how, how how did Hasselbank compare with Viduka? Because I know Hasselbank probably went on to great. To heights afterwards i think he did afterwards
1: um i think the manner of hasselbank's a- exit probably counts against him really um
2: was that quite acrimonious?
1: it, it was yeah It was all to do with the wages basically uh i think he rejected a very big contract from leeds really? um jimmy floyd piggy bank was the, uh, oh, the phrase that was going around <laughs> yeah, at the time say no um i think if he'd stayed longer <clears throat> he'd be up there but yeah. he sort th- of burned bright burned and, and left you know before he really did v- yeah. Based I think on
2: their Leeds ten years Viduka would be higher for you. I think so,
1: and, and yeah. the fact that the team were performing that much better. You of know, course, they're in the Champions
0: yeah. League. He's scoring goals team, in the yeah. Yeah. Uh that's, that's pretty impressive. I think if it? people look back at Viduka, you, you're thinking of him at Leeds. I think with your Hasselbanks and maybe you know Robbie Keane, for example, yeah. and um, uh Fowler, who went obviously went off to uh, you know to better things as well. I think uh, they all did so much after Leeds. Uh, to an extent whereas whereas Viduka I think it was him at Leeds that you know if people were to place Viduca in a team yeah. of course it would be Leeds it's not yeah. going to be that's a great way of putting it mate I think that's, the, just... the, that's the difference and that's why that's probably an easy que- question for you, for you to answer around, around yeah, that absolutely bang on that. mate I think but that's yeah. why when I think of the
2: Strongbow kit I think of Vaduka, I think of Mark Viduka as a Leeds United player first yeah. and foremost that was the
0: best part of his career that's
2: when he was most productive Whereas with Hasselbank it wouldn't be, it'd yeah, be Chelsea. It'd so be yeah. Chelsea, and that's you, feel this, putting
0: it. you feel the same way with Smith as well, and uh, and Kuhl as well. I, well, I know he did. I, well,
2: I'd agree. I w- I would you think of Kuhl them and as, as Leeds
0: players. That's, than the clubs I, that's players. why. I mean, I imagine they'll be on this this uh, this list um, going back over the last hundred years. Uh, well, I hope they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
1: but yeah. So, um, Mark Varduka. um have a read on, on Leeds Live.co.uk. You can see it on there. Um, a really nice piece from John Howe, as you said, just sort of looking back at the legacies he's left, what he achieved at Leeds, uh, some of the feelings the fans felt with him. Um, let us know what you think. Um, if there's any players you want us to look at moving forward, um, we've got a year or so to get as many in as we can. So uh, let us know on on Twitter or or uh, in the comments section. And uh, Matt, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's been good speaking to you about about the mighty Mag. video. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, and we'll uh, we'll have you on again soon, mate. So that's all we've got time for uh, today on the Leeds Leads, Leads podcast. Uh, my thanks to Matt for joining us just then. And Beren, thanks, uh, thanks for everything again.
2: Yeah, fantastic, Joe. We're, uh, we're hitting our stride with the podcast. We, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep plugging away and we obviously want suggestions, don't we? We would like feedback and ideas for the podcast, guests Absolutely. that you might like, uh, people that might want to come on the podcast even.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can get in touch with us on Twitter um, at Live Leeds United is Leeds Live's Twitter account, um, or you can get us on at Joe Muis and at Baron Cross. I say feedbacks welcome, and if you want to subscribe to, uh, to the podcast on iTunes, uh, leave us a review. That'd be great. Um, and we'll speak to you next week. Hopefully, it'll be with news about a new manager. So uh, if Fingers and when that crossed. happens, yeah, we'll uh, we'll jump straight into the pod booth and we'll bring you more then.